This message was presented at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Good afternoon, everyone. We're so happy that you decided to join us. Uh, others are taking their nap or their post, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, but you're here. And we are in a smaller group, and I'd like to ask, and if you're utterly offended, you can just ignore what I said, but for the purposes of mic wrangling, if you can come to the front or come down more and can be a cozier group, that would be great. If you are of, uh, of a physical situation where you cannot move or if you just don't like me, you can stay where you are. But otherwise, please come down. It just makes a little bit of conversation easier. We are in a bigger room, and this is one thing that does affect Sabbath School dynamics. The, the room, the temperature, even the color of the walls, uh, all these things affect the Bible study experience. They really, really do. Yeah, just fill up the rows. You can come and fill up the rows. That would be great. And if you still want to be Protestant, then you can stay, stay where you are. That's, that's fine. But uh, the rest of you... Lowercase Catholic Christians can come down. Okay. Come quickly, come, come, come. You're totally late, but we love you. Come in, come and come, come. I'm sorry? Adventist time. Adventist time. It gets multiplied by two or three, depending on which culture you're from in Adventism. So it's. Right, Israel? So at this time, I'm going to ask Amadeo if you can come down and take my mic, and I'll use the, this mic. Ho, 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 this more sensitivo. And you can take this handheld. And uh, we would like to open up the floor. We'll have a word of prayer to, to officially start, but uh, open up some, some, uh, the floor for questions. And then we'll spend some time talking about um, of inverse as well. Okay. Um, is everyone here? Yeah, everyone's here on our side. Okay, let's have a word of prayer together, shall we? Gracious Father, we thank you for lunch. And uh, we thank you for this time now. Uh, we pray that this next hour or so may be a very effective time uh, with people's questions or just us talking. Lord, we just surrender our time to you and ask for your spirit to lead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm sorry if, if you uh, are tired of, of uh, raising your hands, but I just got to do this. I just got to know. I got to know my audience. How many of you here were, how many of you were here for session one? Ha, ha, ha. Session two? Uh-huh. Session three, okay. Sessions one, two, and three. Sessions one and three, <laughs> two and three, and then one and two. <laughs> okay, the latter was just just for fun. Um, we'd like to open up the floor for questions, uh, depending uh, if you have questions, and if you don't, we can just continue talking about life and 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 Seiko's children. Yes, sister in the front. Amadeo, can you get her the microphone if you don't mind? Thank you so much. This is Amadeo from Montana, friends, and he's going to be uh, our, our mic runner for today. So if you're one of the ones that didn't raise their hand because we didn't attend one, two, three. Yes. 
Um, what's the big takeaway that you can give me um, from what I missed? Yeah, you can listen to the recordings on gycweb.org, and then uh, okay. So she's asking for a takeaway. I'll open up the floor. To, uh, I'll open up the panel. Uh, what's your What's your takeaway from the first three? Uh, this is kind of she went to yeah. the uh, the seminars that she wanted to, and then she comes in the Q and A. Just just give me the the Cliff Notes version of what. Uh, um, Probably one, one big takeaway for me from the discussion was yes, um, Paraguay Sabbath School is dead or dying is a lack of like personal commitment. Um, so if I'm personally having an experience with the Word of God on a day-to-day -day basis throughout the week, um, whether as a teacher or as a participant, and then on Sabbath, um, bringing that into the classroom experience and being personally committed to being a blessing in Sabbath School, not just going there for what I can receive, but going there for what I can also contribute to the fellowship um, of Sabbath and to the mission of the church. Okay, thank you. Jono? Um, my takeaway, I really enjoyed the conversation we had and I've been blessed by some of the thoughts that have been shared. Um, for me, I think Sabbath School, the three points that you showed of Sabbath School Alive, mm -hmm. uh, the Sabbath School is made up you know, of three main uh, parts. You have it on here. Mm -hmm. Yep, Bible study and prayer, fellowship and mission. And uh, usually we do the Bible study part, maybe some prayer, um, but like fellowship and mission, I see lacking almost everywhere that I go. Um, but there's so much potential there uh, that I hope that, you know, maybe some of you are inspired to really, really uh, make your Sabbath school more focused in that direction, especially when it comes to mission, reaching out to missing members and your neighborhoods, and then even global missions. I mentioned there's Sabbath school, Sabbath school uh, groups in and churches in Texas, they have said, hey, we want to we reach the Middle East where there's no Adventist, no Christian. And they have adopted like 10 cities, and they, they do regular stuff over there. Uh, you know, you, you are not limited by anything. Don't think you, that your church board is the limitation of what you can do. You can do so much for God, and I just want to encourage you. Use your Sabbath school, your peers that are in your group, uh, you know, to really make a difference. Um, I believe that there's so much potential in, in that group dynamic. Uh, that you have there. Thank you. The three that you see up there are, if you, if you see them, they should not be extraordinary. They should not be like, wow, I never knew. If I only had that, that would just, and that's the beauty of it. The most, uh, most scrumptious of recipes are simple ones with very, very minimal ingredients. But, the, the, but the, to make a meal really good is to have high quality ingredients. And that's where we want to really beef up Sabbath school by beefing up the, the mission component, Bible study and prayer, and, and, and fellowship. And it's easy to say, like, yeah, I, mean, I said this before, yeah, we say hi to each other, okay, the fellowship, check. Bible study, we read a Bible verse, check, pray, okay, dear Jesus, think of his beautiful day. It's like a thunderstorm outside, think of his beautiful day, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, check. And then mission, okay, pay my dollar for world mission. <laughs> Uh, pay like nine dollars for my, you know, smoothie, but a dollar for missions, and I'm checked. That's not Sabbath school experience at all. Okay. Uh, any other? Any any questions? Any comments? Yes, in the front, Amadeo, you come down from the mountain top for our brother in front, seat one A, first class, platinum status. Uh, I only came to the last one, okay. the third one. That's okay. No confession needed. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you guys mentioned. Uh, what was it, that people kind of interpret the text through their own interests and experiences, and so you kind of try to get what people, uh, try to get what they already know out of them as a teacher, right? And 
I've, I started leading the Sabbath school this last semester at my college, and they're asking me to take on more and more responsibility because it's not just me. It's like I think like three other people. I'm kind of like rotate. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something I've, I've noticed, not just in mind, but also just the theme in general is I think maybe we're too loose on it because the conversation kind of always goes to, I mean, it's college, okay? So, like, like it kind of always guides towards relationships mm. and, like, the sex. And, and I mean, it, it mm. makes sense. They're, like, like everyone's, everyone's a rebel, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I want to be different, like my friends. So we're all going to talk about taboos and stuff. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But how do we get to talk about things that aren't as interesting, like, mm -hmm. at least on the surface, like prophecy? It's not easy to, to get people to talk about that. Like, discussion mm -hmm. isn't a problem mm -hmm. at my school. People talk. But when it comes to those kinds of things, it's really hard to get it going. So mm -hmm. how would you you know, tackle topics like that, mm -hmm. if that, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, yes, excellent question, excellent question. So Israel or, or Siku? Um, or Jonathan? I, I would really, I would highly recommend the uh, inverse program. We try to talk, tackle the text itself in that, and it deals with the variety of issues. At least that's what we've tried to do. Also, I, at some point, you're gonna talk about the, the journal itself. Um, I think that's a valuable resource as well, and um, I'll, I'll save my comments for when you, when you talk about that, but I think that when, you, when, you, um, when we're talking about having grabbing from people what they already know, we're not really talking about grabbing, or she wasn't talking about grabbing from people what they already know about life experience. And for those who, who are not here in the previous session, we, there was a quotation, I don't know if you can mm -hmm. pull it out, where it talks about the role of a teacher uh, being able to get from the students, to extract from the students knowledge that, the, that they already know. It says there, um, the Sabbath school, if rightly conducted, is one of God's great instrumentalities. And then it says, uh, it is not, yeah, it is not the best plan for the teachers to do all the talking, but they should draw out they should draw out the class to tell them what they know, and then the teacher will have a, a few uh, pointed um, points. Brief pointed remarks or illustrations impress the less upon, upon yeah. their minds. That's why we hang out together. Uh, he knows what I'm going to say, and then he says it. Um, so what we're talking about here is not what she's talking about, is not drawing out of people like their, their, their knowledge about life, but their, their understanding of the scripture itself. And so is what does this text mean? What do you know about this text already? And then from there, we, as teachers, we tie those things together. And so that just goes to show more the need for us to deal with a specific topic or a specific scripture, sorry, and then allow the conversation to revolve around that. And if something's, if, if we get together as a group of friends or as a, as a class that routinely meets and we talk about the same thing, then I think it's important just for the teacher to say, hey, what about, is there anything else, any, any other aspect of life that this applies to? And sometimes the most, um, sometimes the powerful thing about scripture is that sometimes it is the most obvious things in life that it applies to, but they're so often neglected that when we point it out, it's, it's so profound, you know? So I don't know if that helps, but... Um. Yeah, I, I, I agree and I resonate with what Israel is saying. I think the important thing in any Bible discussion is to have it Bible-based. So it needs to be grounded and rooted in Scripture. Um, and then just real talk, like when, when I was in my 20s and we would talk with my friends, no matter what the topic was, 
Bible prophecy would always come down to relationships. Yeah, I mean, it's like, Jesus is coming soon. Are we going to get married before he comes? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, the, so, like, whatever the topic was, somehow. Mark of the Beast? Mark of the Beast, like, okay. Mark okay. of the prophecy, Beast, <laughs> yeah, prophecy. Jesus is coming soon. Are we going to get married before he comes? <laughs> somehow, we found a way, right? But I, I, I don't know that that is a bad thing. But I think what would, what would be bad is if we're not actually dealing with what the Bible says. And then what the Bible says then applies to wherever we are at different stages in life. So now I'm a mom with kids. Jesus is coming soon. Man, are my children going to be ready? Right? You know, Jesus is coming soon. Like, or, or whatever the topic is. Stewardship. Am I taking good care of the children that God has given to Because that's where I am in life. right? But as a student, um, stewardship... I ain't got no money, so obviously it's got nothing to do with money for me. You know, so the topic, as long as we're dealing with the principles that we derive from Scripture on that topic, making sure that is Bible-based. And then the application, I think, will naturally go to whatever your, your group is facing in life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But if every topic is like, okay, now let's study relationships in the Bible. Like it's, it's actually even a narrow view of what it means to study relationships in the Bible. Because, you know, we end up thinking, like, that just means how do I find someone to date and marry? But there's a way more to it than that. You know, you study stewardship, you study tithing, you study all of that stuff actually is related to ultimately whatever it is that you're going through in life. So making sure that whatever the Bible conversation is, I believe that it's Bible-based, that you're drawing from Scripture. I appreciate your question. Your question. I, I uh, when I train for Sabbath school teachers, what I usually uh, recommend is that you have a flight plan. And I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know a lot about flying, but I, I only know. I, I know that you take off and then you land, right? And then you know when you watch the screen thing, it just says you know from LAX to JW J, J, JFK, right? And just it's this, it's this one arc. But the reality is your flight is not going on that arc. It's actually flying, and then it goes into like you know Baltimore airspace. From Baltimore airspace goes to Chicago airspace, and it's a little bit more zig zigzaggedy. And they're just kind of like taking the airplane and, th and then kind of guiding it to the next airspace, one to another. And as a teacher, that's kind of what you want to do. You want to take off. And your takeoff point is you always start from Scripture. It's like, hey, today's lesson is going to be in Daniel chapter 2. And you start and you read the Bible text together. I think that's a great way to spend time reading Scripture together. And then your end is your appeal. So when you're studying it by yourself, you can say, after Daniel 2, what do I, what's the point of Daniel 2? What do I want people to do? So you're going to get there. But in between, as all these airports in between, and these are your comments from your, from your class. Ideally, your whole class is going to be studying all week and they should have some good comments. But often, you get one or two who are like not, not, not sane, right? So your job as a creative conductor is like, okay, so here, we just read chapter two. Okay, so what's the text saying? And you're, going, you're trying to get to Chicago. And sometimes people say stuff and through their comment, you're listening to their comment and you kind of pick out the elements that are really that you can use to get to Chicago. Now, sometimes they want to go to Florida. And if you don't know anything about North America, I'm so sorry about this illustration but sometimes they're talking about like Afghanistan right then you just say thank you so much for your comment and your, any, any other comments and that's just the nature of the discussion but then you get to Chicago Chicago to you know Salt Lake City and Salt Lake City back to, to LA and hopefully you can land the plane and then have your appeal at the end and your appeal can be you know a heartfelt one a powerful one a logical one or just hey guys let's just read our Bibles more it can be a very simple one is that but you want to have an objective 
Otherwise, you're just like talking, 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 ding, ling, ling, ling. Hey, it's time. Uh, let's just pray, guys. And then and you just repeat next week, which is kind of a weird Bible study to begin with. Um, in your class, when you have a lot of college students, I mean, you can play off of the, the, the energy because they're high energy. And you can use their intelligence and maybe their schooling or whatnot. If they always come back to relationships, I mean, you can have another Bible study in the afternoon with on relationships and just kill the topic once and for all. You will never and, kill uh, that never topic. Die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tell you. I mean, if they're talking about sex, that's a very special campus that you're on. Any other questions that, that are uh, in the house today? Yes, sir, right behind in 2A in silver class. Um, kind of my question is um, I've only been going to the church for about four years and they kind of pushed me into being the youth Sabbath school because I'm the youngest out of all, you know, out of the adults. <laughs> yes. So I can relate a little bit more to my, uh, we are a church plant. So it's like 15 of us and okay. it's like 90% is all family. Okay. So it's just my nieces and nephews, but I'm, you know, trying to learn myself how to teach them. So I'll, where do you go to get the resources? Like, cause obviously you guys have been trained and you do training. Mm-hmm. Where could we as a, you know, lay people find mm-hmm. that training or get, you know, support or anything like that for training. Yeah. Excellent you know, question. Like I said, we're Excellent a question. Plant, Resources. So, yep. You know, we don't know where to find all that stuff. So. Yep. Yep. Panel. Well, um, ideally, you you want to work with your pastor uh, to you know for some help. You can ask him. Then, of course, your conference should have a uh, Sabbath school um, director. Uh, that's what it's called? Correct. Uh, your pastor is your first resource, yes. but I would surmise that in many cases, your pastor is not involved in Sabbath school. If mm-hmm. he has a multi-district, yeah. the pastor is just worried about preaching, so he's going to leave it for the lay people to, to, to run, and that's, yeah. that's usually the case. But there are some pastors out there who do care about Sabbath school also, and they, they're, in, they're into teaching teachers. But your best resource is for your local conference to contact mm-hmm. them and to see what, what trainers they can provide. None of course. There's, of course, websites with materials and videos. Uh, I mean, uh, what's SabbathSchoolPersonalMinistries.org, I think. That's from yep. a GC. So SabbathSchoolPersonalMinistries.com is the big GC oh, one. Com. And there is there are so many resources there from, you know, 1777 to, you know, 2020. Uh, I'm exaggerating. There's no Internet back in 1777. Um, there is a website uh, where you can go to Hope Channel. And I know this sounds kind of... Uh, maybe uh, more difficult, but this is how I this is how I benefited. Uh, you look for preachers or teachers that you like, the style that resonates with you, the style that you've been blessed by, and really, this is the kind of the art of discipling in a different way. You kind of copy them. You copy. And this is kind of like, you know, ancient blacksmiths. The apprentice would come, and they just copy in the art form of their master. They copy, 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 copy. And then, then they copy so much that they are tired of copying because they can do it with their eyes closed. And then once they get to that point, that's when they start developing their own creativity and their own style, and they start experimenting. It's kind of what you want to do. And um, a lot, I remember a lot of us, when GYC was getting started, we just... We just invited speakers that we liked, teachers or preachers, and we just started copying. And we would get down to the hand motions from the vocal intonations, and we're like, you know, come to Jesus, you know, all these things. In the beginning, it was more kind of entertainment, mockery, imitation. But after a while, you started kind of getting really into it. And even like not just the, the, the homiletics of it, but even how to teach something. Okay, so he read the Bible, and then he's just going from verse 1. Verse 2, give a story. Verse 3, 4, a story. Verse 5, ask a question. You're just copying that. So then after copying, you just kind of pick up that style innately. And then sometimes you realize, man, this guy was wrong the entire time. 
and God still uses that. Or sometimes, man, this guy is still awesome, and he's 100 years old, and he's still preaching the word. So there's mm-hmm. different things that, that you can do regarding that. So I really recommend you go to Hope Sabbath School, hopetv.org slash um, hopess, with Derek Morris teaches it. Um, and then you can, there's our website, which is uh, hopetv.org slash inverse Bible. Is that right? Inverse Bible. Inverse. Inverse Bible. If that's a real website, that's real. If it's not, then Google it, and then you can find it. Yeah. Um, I just add, when it comes to you know working with young people, uh, especially teenagers or younger, you really want to invest in in just having a relationship with them because the, you know they're so distracted and whatever else. But when they know that you actually know them, you have a relationship with them, they they, they connect better with you. If you're just some random person they only see once a week, they are not going to listen to you as much as they would if if you interact with them outside of Sabbath school. I mean, you, for you, it's families. They know you, but I'm, I'm saying in general, uh, young people need relationships and not the awkward, hey, I'm so cool and hip and I'm hanging out with you relationship, but just being genuine um, with them and, you know, write them a birthday card, interact with them, do things with them outside of Sabbath school, a fellowship, you know? Uh, that makes a huge difference for them uh, when it comes to you teaching them because there, there will be those moments where everyone's serious and you can actually share with them um, because you know they like you uh, I think that makes the general good. conference did a study and they said of all the people of all the the spiritual influences of a, some, of, of a person's life guess who has been the most influential Sabbath school teacher it's a Sabbath school teacher mm-hmm. and outweighed Children's the pastor the elder the, the Sabbath school teacher was the person that really was the, the most memorable and they found that the Sabbath school teacher, as, as, as Jonathan says, who maintains authenticity and connection, I mean, they could be an 80-year-old guy who's totally not cool, but if he's genuinely visiting the students and he really loves, loves and he could be even dorky and inarticulate and mumbly, but as long as they know that this guy is out there going all out for me in the study, that they are invested in the relationship, rather than some 21-year-old who knows all the words and is hip and whatnot and just is there once a week. There's, there's something to be said about real human connection even for for young adults i mean young adults are not not idiots amen another resource um that i found invaluable counsels on sabbath school work um ellen white like she she has a lot to say very practical things mm-hmm. that you can apply to your sabbath school teaching experience um that i think if we follow the counsel that we have in the spirit of prophecy on sabbath school it would be a whole different ballgame. Um, she has a lot of, so I think it's an, an invaluable resource, Councils on Sabbath School Work. There's just one quote, I'm sorry, this is like totally, totally random. There's one quote, she says, I don't have it, but it's in Sabbath School uh, Council workbook that she did, not the workbook, but anyway. She says that if we do a bad job of Sabbath School and we do this routinely, we, we create a factory, and this, is not, this is my words, not her words, a factory of hypocrites. That this, this ministry actually is so powerful, it actually does more harm than good. And it was like, I mean, that's sobering stuff. And are we doing Sabbath school to the best of our abilities right now? And I would say we're not. And are we creating a factory of hypocrites? That's, that's my words. Uh, something to think about. Yeah. Israel. Um, I, when, it comes to, when it comes to personality and that whole thing, I think it's already been mentioned. A lot of times we think that an effective Sabbath school teacher for young people is a person that can relate. And that's normally actually what happens, right? When we're talking about, hey, let's find a Sabbath school teacher for our our young people. We think about the coolest person. And then let's have them teach 
the Sabbath school for the kids, um, which I'm sure you're the coolest person in your church. Uh, the challenge is that in most situations outside of your church, the, uh, the people that are choosing the coolest person are the not cool people. They're like the, the adults, right, that are disconnected. And so they're thinking like, you know, hey, that person plays the guitar or that person plays the drums. Let's make them the Sabbath school teacher, even though they're 80 years old. And so it, it doesn't work. The idea of trying to be like someone in order to win them is, is, is never going to work. And um, when, I was, when I was in high school, um, our, my parents were really, they were noticing that, and, and other parents in the church, they were noticing that the kids were, were, were going astray. And so they really pressed the pastor to, uh, to start a church school. And, um, and I remember, like, to this day, the, the first day of school, we, my parents dropped me off. And uh, I looked at one of the kids that had already been there ahead of us. And he was wearing a tie. And he was wearing a button-up shirt um, and khakis. And no one else in the school was dressed that way. I'll put it that way. And I thought to myself... What in the world is this guy, like, does he want to get beat up? Like, why is he showing up to school? This is high school. Why is he showing up to school with a tie? It ended up being that this guy was not a student, but actually the teacher. And uh, he's, he, looked, he looked just like any other high school kid. And um, I, would, I would venture to say that throughout the whole first year of school, there was nothing that we had in common. Nothing that we had in common. We came from very different backgrounds. But never once did he try to become like me to, to win me. He never did that. He, ju he just lived his life, and he showed genuine care for my salvation. That's really all he did. Lived his life, showed genuine care for my salvation. And that was enough to turn my life around. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, it is because of him, my, my teacher, that I gave my life to God, even though there was zero links between uh, him and I. And so um, too, we, we spend too much emphasis trying to be, trying to develop resources that are going to make us cool teachers, when really the hardest yet the simplest way to impact the, the young people that we're working with is to be there, to love them, and to show a genuine care for their salvation, mm -hmm. and to live a life. That, that, is, that is exemplifying what we, what we uh, preach. It ended up being that by, by looking at this, this person, there was one time, but that guy, he should have kicked me out of school so many different times. I mean, so many different times. And uh, he never did. And um, I, I read his sermons. I went to his house one time and I saw an evangelistic series on his shelf. I read his sermons. And when I gave my life to God, I said, I want to do exactly what this man has done. I want to be like, like him. And he was a pastor. I decided to go into the ministry. Uh, and, and it just goes to show you don't need to be like someone to, to win them. The best thing you can do is be yourself, work with the resources God has given to you, pray that God shines through you, right, that he shines through us, that, that people will see stuff that draws them closer to him. And, and ask the Lord that in the midst of all the joking that takes place, the sleeping that takes place in class, and everything else, that, that they will be able to detect the genuine care that you have for them. Mm. And I think that that will do more than anything else to win a person to Jesus Christ. Amen. Well said, well said. 
So thank you for your question. Very good one. Very good one. Any other comments, questions, conclusions, analyses, insults that you may have? Yeah, we have two in the front. Two in the front. One. one in the back. Okay, we'll take the two sisters in the front and one, okay, or not. Okay, that's fine. We'll take him. Yep. Yep. So I work with a, a ministry that we travel around to different churches in my conference, and we provide a church service to include a Sabbath school a lot of times. Uh, I'm curious because we have struggled with interaction in a Sabbath school environment because we're going in and oftentimes as a young adult, I don't know anyone in this adult con uh, group. Good ways to, to get that started going into a, a, just a, a brand new phase. Your last part, you kind of trailed off. Good ways to interact with the adults. On the... When, when I'm a brand new face to them and they're all brand new faces to me. Yeah. All right. Panel? Wait, wait, wait. So just to understand, so you're, you're there for only one Sabbath and you're teaching Sabbath school. And, and church. You're doing church, Sabbath school and then church. And then so how do you get a good Sabbath school experience, like off the bat? first time they're you're young and they're old I would say how do you kickstart a conversation yeah, gotcha. just call it the obvious you I don't know anybody here just tell tell them tell them what's what's going on tell them that how you feel that or maybe not how you feel but tell them hey <laughs> we're new here we understand just to tell them the reality of the situation that usually you know gets people more comfortable don't don't try to, to pull something off that you, you can't fake a relationship with these people. They don't know you. Tell something about yourself. Share, you know, build a relationship at least a little bit and uh, maybe some good questions, some, maybe some icebreaker questions can help. Something uh, that, that Richard O'Phil, who is an old preacher, uh, told me that uh, you know, he, had, he could create camaraderie with the people right away. And what he did is he go into a congregation. He doesn't know anyone. He tries to at least find one person that he knows. And that one person may be even the, like the person who drove him or the person who just said hi in, in, in the lobby, right? And then so as he's talking to the, the, the people, he's really interacting with this one person that he knows, right? So you're like, da-da-da-da, isn't that right, you know? And, this, and, then he's, and then he's just having a conversation with this one person. And what happens is everyone is, um, is what's, the, what's the word, uh, forensically, that's not the right word, but living through that conversation through that person, this person becomes a representative of the entire congregation, and I don't have to have a conversation with all of you, it's just I singled out this one person. And what happens, an instantaneous relationship occurs. Yeah. And it's a pretty brilliant way. And uh, the more you try to do it, the more it becomes easier. And that's kind of, I mean, if you're going to have that Sabbath after Sabbath, you can develop that that habit and that art after a while. You're saying you're doing this as training. You're you're training. You're going to a church to train them on how to do church and Sabbath school and. I'm, I'm going there in order to, to kickstart a relationship uh, between mentors and mentees, hopefully tying them uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, we'll do our two sisters in the front here. Thanks, Amadeo. You can get your Fitbit steps in today. When you're leading an interactive discussion of the, of the text, how do you assign Bible texts? I know if you're in a small group, maybe it's easier if you're in a larger group. Mm -hmm. Do you just say, who would like to read this passage, or who would like to read this verse, or do you actually go down the row? Okay, good question. Panel? I don't like uh, awkwardness so much, um, even though I cause it a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I just, just tell him, would you please read this text and then just go around each read two or three verses? I would disagree with him kindly. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was um, when I was when I was growing up, I had a hard time reading in public, and uh, even actually to this day, I have a hard time reading in public. And so, uh, if if there's a person like me that has a hard time reading in public, and you ask them to read a text, or you ask them to read some names in the Bible that they've never read before. It could really be a turnoff. Uh, so Jonathan's a, a Hebrew and Greek scholar, so he knows all the names and, and, and all of that. So I think there's different experiences that come into play. Yeah. If you know someone, like uh, if you know someone, it's okay to ask them if you know it's not going to be a problem. But from my perspective, I, genuinely, I generally just say, can someone read this for us? If there's no one that's volunteering, you could try to... Say, I need someone, please don't let me down. If you don't read, I'm, you know, I'm going to cry or whatever. And then until someone responds, you know, and, um, and if no one responds, who loves Jesus? And, <laughs> and raise your hand, and, and then you can choose someone there. But at least people know they have a heads up what's coming, you know. And um, either that or another thing that I'll, I'll do is I'll say, we're going to go around the circle and read. And if you don't want to read, just tap the person next yeah. to you, no yeah, big deal, good. and then just say they'll. they'll. So that's kind of how I would, I would do it. Thank you. Behind you, sister behind. Oh, sister, uh, the sisters. Yes. Okay. My question is, I have actually two questions. Uh, so the first one is, we tried to establish just a few weeks ago to do these small groups in the, in the church. We have this preaching class kind of Sabbath school. And uh, what they said to me, like, no, this is not going to work, these small groups. Uh, we have a big church, to be honest. And I wanted to have, like, four groups in the, in, in the sanctuary. And they said it's not going to work because uh, the teacher needs to speak up. And then the other one behind him is not going to hear. And the people are not going to hear. And I'm like, man, my home church was way smaller than this. And it worked fine. So I thought it was kind of an excuse. And I said, why don't you just try it? You know, try it out and, you know, just get started. And then he said, let's talk about a little bit more. And then there was kind of this point, like there was another class that we have who is not studying, the class is not studying the quarterly, but their store, um, what is it called? The last day events from Ellen White. So now the two questions are, um, is it wrong, the first question, to have another Sabbath school lesson going on, which is not the quarterly, because they say it's kind of bringing this unity? And the other question is, like, how, how um, can I encourage, actually, I would say the leaders of the church to just try it out for these small groups? Mm -hmm. And actually, another question that ties in with this, can we assign people to a certain class, or should I just not do that? Okay. So, three questions. <laughs> Panel. Just, just to clarify, you're the Sabbath school superintendent. superintendent? Yes. Uh, wasn't she be the boss, like, of that? <laughs> in a hierarchical culture of politi <laughs> politics, society, yes. But um, she is subject to. She, you are subject to the decisions of the Sabbath school council, and the Sabbath school council will be including you, the head elder, pastor, pastor all the teachers, teachers involved, and the children's ministry director to see what would be the best possible way to to whatever whatever objective you want to to do. Um, and so, with that, it's not, you don't even have to get that um, done, uh, decided through church board. The Sabbath school council is its own autonomous entity for Sabbath school for Sabbath school. So if you want to have four in a, now, now for smooth church functioning, you may want to let the church board know what's, what, what's going on. 
this is what's been decided, this is our report, uh, we will have four meetings in the main sanctuary. I mean, that's, that's one way of doing it. Yeah, so it's not wrong to have a, um, like a spirit of prophecy class or something. Is that, I mean, it's not the quarterly, it's just, they're just doing You guys want to take that one? <laughs> I can take it. Yeah. By wrong, you mean morally wrong or like? It's not according to the rules they said and it's oh, not rules. according to the GC kind of rules. GC or? rules, okay, that's just a... <laughs> well, I don't know, from a very practical local church perspective, we, for example, my church, we had a, uh, a class for new, new Baptist members, and we went through a, we call it, maybe you've heard of it, the Discipleship Handbook, great resource, also from the Sabbath School Department, and uh, we had people in there that were uh, newly baptized, or even some seekers who wanted to be in the class, and they did not go through the quarterly, but for them, that was a huge blessing, they needed that experience, um, at the same time, I do think that if you have, you know, good teachers, we should have our new members learn how to study the Bible and learn how to go to the South quarterly as well. And that's part of the discipleship process. But I wouldn't say it's morally wrong. Uh, I mean, I think it shouldn't be the norm that we that every class does its own thing. But if you have a class and you have good a good reason for it, like new newly Baptist members, there's this what's it called? Uh, there's a new a new believers class, you know, uh, they have that sometimes. Um, and, I mean, I've seen on, on university campuses, you have sometimes classes that focus on certain, certain topics. I wouldn't say that that's right or wrong, uh, but it shouldn't, we shouldn't make it the norm where every class just does whatever they want. Yeah, I think, I think something gets lost, you know, with the, well, we, in the previous session we talked about the whole world church is studying a specific topic, you know, it, that's kind of not happening if we're not studying the same topic. Um, and then, so that is lost, I guess the global unity of what we're studying in doctrine as a church. And then also lost is, this is not Knoxville prophecy, obviously, because it's a huge blessing, but um, sometimes we go to spirit of prophecy for like pre-digested lessons so that we don't have to work as hard to learn from scripture um, and Sabbath school is supposed to be a venue where you actually do learn from scripture, where it's like, you know, let's study the Bible text, the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and the most awesome, one of the most awesome experiences I've ever had in my Bible study was I was studying something, grappling with the text I didn't understand, and I was on this, this one verse for like maybe three, four weeks, just like, I don't get it, I don't get it, just coming back to it. And when I finally, it finally clicked for me, and then like the next week in a sermon, the preacher quoted a spirit of prophecy text that was exactly what I had come to in my personal Bible study. And the blessing for me was like, whoa, like it was the same Holy Spirit. It was just an enemy too. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And we, we lose that, that personal experience with God because the Bible study is not just about the end conclusion. It's about the fellowship with God in the word. And we miss that when we go for like pre-digested, whether it's just reading the Bible study guide or reading Spirit of Prophecy instead of having a Bible study during Bible study time. So it's just there are things that are lost in, in an approach that you know, doesn't take advantage of the resource. That's, so I don't know that that says it's wrong, but it's, it, it, there are maybe disadvantages to doing that. There's something that they've already that they haven't touched on yet, and that is, um, in I would not personally, I would not uh, appoint people to Sabbath school classes. Um, there, when 
as a, now speaking more on, a, on the principle of, of leadership, um, you know, there are certain things that Christ said he wanted to share, but he didn't share because people were not ready for. And um, as a leader, when, when you want to accomplish something, if there's too much resistance, you can sometimes get what you want, but the expense is more than uh, uh, needed to be spent, right? And so um, that's part of the, the beauty and that's part of the pain of leadership, that sometimes there's a vision that we have as leaders that other people are not on board with, and we have to choose between bulldozering and going forward or saying, okay, you know, we have to slow, slow things down, and, and it might not be, personally, it might not satisfy me, but I'm not called to be by myself. I'm called to be a leader, and so right. that principle might be something that might help in this kind of a situation. Yeah, your, your Sabbath school council, council is empowered uh, to deal with these issues. That, that's what the local entity should do. Uh, when you're talking about uh, s s groups and membership, it gets very sticky and for a group to come in and mandate. But, and I, I, would, I would wholeheartedly agree with Israel's comment, but there are some red zone situations where there's this one person, they're getting very, very problematic. And so in that sense, the church may look towards the Sabbath school council to be to be the enforcing agency to help that situation out. For example, maybe this person believes in you know, salvation by digestion and they're, they're, they're handing out tracts of digestive tracts. <laughs> you know, all these pictures and I'm not exaggerating that that's a situation that actually happened and they were just there wanting to be in this and there was you know, female, male dynamics. It gets messy. Sometimes the elders with the Sabbath school council has to go and say, hey, you know, you have to, have to you know, do something. And, and that's up to the local uh, church to decide. Um, I would say nine out of ten situations of visit to the home solves the problem. You know, we, but often we don't want to visit, then we make it very awkward and get passive aggressive, and we just kind of turn our backs towards them. But if it's like, hey, you know what, your pictures of people's intestines is not very cool, and like, can you just refrain from doing that? I mean, that would help our a whole church out. And usually, nine times out of ten, they're they're compliant. And one time out of ten, you know, you have to you have to tithe them. Um, in terms of the uh, other other study materials, you can study anything you want for Sabbath school. Uh, but I would say the purpose, and that's that's really where we're getting at. The purpose of Sabbath school is to be an evangelistic uh, venue. And really, it's from Scripture that brings people to Christ. Not that spirit of prophecy doesn't, but usually people want to study last day events. There's a different purpose. And you can do that on Friday night. You can do that on Tuesday or what, what, what not. And it's not highly recommended. But if you, uh, we know other situations where people are studying different books of the Bible or an or entry-level class or a mother's class or a family marriage class, whatever, during, during Sabbath school. It's fine temporarily, but eventually you want to bring them back to uh, the, the, main, the main study. Uh, I want to mention this. I, uh, we didn't get a chance to mention this, but I think this is a very good uh, opportunity. I don't know how many of you are involved with VBS. How many of you know VBS? How many involved in VBS? Raise your hand. VBS people are the craziest people in the world. Do you, do you know VBS people? Like, they have, like, a lifetime subscription to, like, oriental uh, posts, trading, trading posts, and they, like, live at Party City, and they're, like, constantly thinking of... I mean, they create, like, waterfalls out of, like, toothpicks. You know, this yeah. is, like, this is how what they do. So this is the problem that we have in the Adventist church. When VBS people go all out, they go all out for one week, and after that one week, they're done. 
And then they put it all in like, you know, Tupperware boxes and they put it in the shelving in some, some hidden room in the church. And they, they, the VBS people crawl back into their pews and they're never to be seen. Until next year, and then the VBS people crawl out, and again, they go insane all over again. So wh why do we do VBS? What's the point, the purpose of VBS? And how does that intersect with Sabbath school? We don't put the pieces together, right? VBS people are the green berets of the Adventist church, right? So we talked about, you know, uh, about, about adopting an area, a street. You knock on every single door, and then one week, you say, free child care for one week, yeah? And if you have children, Siku, yeah? I mean, you're going to want to get rid of your kids as fast as possible. You're a loving mother, but you want, you want free child care by a holy church? That's awesome, yeah? Amen. So, so you go all out. You do the toothpicks made out of waterfalls, and you do the bears and the castles, and, you know, you create Mount, Mount uh, you know, Ararat with the ark on top. And you do, you do everything you got to do, right? But around, around Thursday, and these, these are all non-Adventists coming to your VBS, Right? Amen? If you have more Adventists coming through VBS, you've got to rethink your whole strategy altogether. Right? So you go and say, how many of you love VBS? And you're like, your, your kids like, we love VBS. How many want VBS forever? We want VBS forever. And by that time, your VBS staff are like, what are you doing to us? And you can say, hey, we'll pick up VBS uh, in September. And because you guys go to school, we can't have VBS during Monday through Friday. And a lot of you go to church on Sunday. So I don't know. We'll have it at Saturday at 930 in the morning. Right? And it should be a feeder to your children's Sabbath school program. Does that make sense? That's what VBS should be doing. So then your VBS staff and your children's uh, Sabbath school staff should be ideally the same staff or same faces or some, some strategy going together. And the, the, the children's uh, uh, Sabbath school people should be evangelistically minded. They're not going to be talking, you know, SDA lingo all the time and talking about, you know, haystacks and whatnot. They're going to talk about taco salads. Amen? That's, that's what they really are. Uh, and, and this is one way. So if, if you have no kids in your, in your church, deploy the VBS crazy Green Beret people. And then they'll get new kids to your church. And that's many times. And then this is, this is what's cool. So the kids all come, and they should, if they, they love EBS, they come on, on, on September, they come. And then their parents drop them off, and they're just waiting in their parking lot doing nothing. What do you do? Hey, we have a special class for parents. And you can have an like, introduction to Christianity, apologetics, a parenting seminar, a health seminar. It can be and during Sabbath school time. And it could be, hey, we do have the Adventist uh, quarterly Bible study at the ABSG, or we have a, just a generic, you know, religion course or whatnot. I mean, that's, that's up for the local Sabbath. So that's okay to do as long as it's, it's evangelistic for, for the community. Yeah. Yep. Excellent question. Excellent question. Okay. Yes. Um, how do you marry this, uh, looking at the wheel, prayer, Bible study, fellowship, missions, how do you marry the fellowship part within Sabbath school? Yes. Because you could, you could fall on the other ditch yes. and have nothing but talk about your feelings and how was your week. Yes. And uh, I had a, I'm also a superintendent of my, my, my church, and um, I had a teacher that led the, the youth, and, and she said, well, they are just young people, and we're going to be talking about their feelings and things like that, and no Sabbath school mm -hmm. takes place. So, and I understand that you want to have some kind of a fellowship. I care about you, and, you know, we talked about that yes. in the panel. And, yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll take this one, unless you guys want to jump in. 
I would say, you know, that wheel is good, that it breaks us out of our mentality to think that Sabbath school is from 9.30 to 11, 11 o'clock. Sabbath school is not from 9.30 to 11 o'clock. I mean, the lesson study may be from about 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, in the traditional sense. Uh, but the fellowship, the Sabbath school mentality is like, I need to visit my classmates during the week. What can I do in a mission project during the year outside of that 9.30 to 11 o'clock? So that's what that's talking about. Um, and so in our church, we have each Sabbath school is in charge of uh, potluck meals. Um, we have different, you know, card ministry is done all by Sabbath school. Visiting the, the backslidden uh, people is all done by, by Sabbath school. Yeah. Question on the word over here. If you can pass the microphone over, we'd appreciate that. Thank you for giving me this chance to ask a question regarding the Sabbath school. In our church, we've been bat- battling kind of, I don't know if it's, it's okay, for the Sabbath school lessons to be changed because we had a cornerstone class for the youth, but they came, we had one of the teachers who was teaching the teens a different lesson during the cornerstone lesson, and to some extent, she, we- she went ahead and canceled it, saying it's hard, it's not connecting, and she decided to start a different lesson. And we were wondering, is this something the church can allow, allow to be done? Because our children, they are used to reading the, like my children, we usually have like a family Sabbath school lesson for each, each of my child, we study on Friday together, make sure they at least they have a, a heads up about their lessons with their memory verses and try to connect them with the Sabbath school. But when they go, once they go to the class, they find the teacher has a different topic of her own, which I was feeling as a parent. I had to step in for her and went to the Sabbath school leader and asked them, why, she, why is she changing the the lesson, and this is something that has been designed by the the, the conference or the the, the 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 church for this I mean for this age group. Even if this lesson is hard for her, she can request for maybe an elder or somebody else to step in and teach the kids. But so far, it's still going on, and I put a request. If the pastor can do something, it seems like. It's not done yet. So how can I go about this? Is it okay or? Panel? Um, I mean, <clears throat> it's one thing, you know, the teacher has the freedom to, to adjust the lesson, you know, without deviating from truth, of course. But, you know, you, you, you make the lesson the way you're comfortable with it and so on. I'm not sure is, is this a, if this is a situation where she doesn't understand the lesson or if, if, if she feels like this is, the materials are not designed well enough for kids. But um, as a, in general, I would say teachers have the freedom to, to adjust the lesson uh, where needed to, based on how they know the kids or the students. But um, is she struggling uh, with the theology of it, or is it more of... Um... Well, before we get into the nitty-gritty, we can't sure. do that in this format. Uh, but this, the appropriate uh, uh, protocol would be to bring this to the Sabbath School Council. This is a teacher issue, 
and the, whether the teacher, the teacher should be given the opportunity to explain why they, she decided to choose otherwise. And the subsequent decide like, no, you, that was not right, and they can do they can do whatever, or they can say, hey, we understand, and we'll give you maybe two or three weeks. To, and it's it's that local context uh, really will dictate how what, what's the best to do in that situation. Uh, for the children's ministry guides, I want to maybe give you an update. And I want to show you a video of what we're doing at the general conference. We have about eight minutes left, and uh, we will be showing this uh, for the actual Sabbath school time during the Sabbath. So I don't uh, you may do this, you make it maybe redundant. But we are doing a new children's guides altogether. Uh, right now, we have the GraceLink uh, curriculum, and we have the My Bible Guides curriculum, and two are are uh, authorized by General Conference to use. Uh, for young adult, young adults defined in the General Conference by as 18 to 35 plus. How many of you are 18 to 35 plus? Please raise your hands. Now, the plus is there because some people are like, I'm 36 years old, but I'm a young adult. Technically, you're not, but we're Christian, and we don't want to you know, throw you out of the ark, so we may put that plus sign in there. And it's usually not more how old you are, but more, more your marital status. It shouldn't be that way, but it's becoming that way. So you can be 21 years old, and you're married, and you're an old adult, or you can be 40 years old and single, and you're still considered a young adult. I don't. It's, it's a weird way to demarcate, but that's what happens. Uh, we've had the collegiate quarterly for about 40 years now, and start my my uh, job at the GC was to uh, revamp it and to do something different about it. So we just created this video, and this is fresh off the press. We just created this like, last week, and we're showing it um, uh, at GYC a debut. But all of you are welcome to pick up if you go to our booth, the Sabbath School booth uh, in the booth area, you can pick up a free copy. The thing is called Inverse, and Inverse is a new Bible study guide for young adults, 18 to 35, and the whole premise is that you study the Bible for yourself, and then because there's this whole battle between digital or paper, which is digital or analog, digital or analog, and the whole platform actually combines the two together. Now, some of you are thinking, like, well, what's the big deal? It's not either or, which is what we've been going on before. It's actually together, meaning you need to have the digital and you need to have the paper together. So the, the benefit of the digital is that it's unlimited space. you got all the commentary, all the videos are here, but you have the paper, and the paper we're telling people to write the Bible verse out with your hand. Some people, that's incredibly insane. But to others, the next generation, especially Zs, are getting fatigued with the digital technology. And they're, they're tired of, this is not spirituality. Okay? This is insanity. And so uh, we're creating this platform, and we're experimenting to see what will happen. So I'd like to show you, Amadeo, if you don't mind coming over wherever you are, and then putting that microphone next to the LCD projector speaker. This is how sophisticated we are. And uh, speakers in the front. If you can just put that up right there, that would be great. And then not cover up the screen. The yeah, yep, excellent. There are a lot of people wondering how to study the Bible. And this is where inverse comes in. 
This is the best of the Bible, best of the Bible within the text, the best of the Bible intra the text through different Bible verses, the best of the spirit of prophecy, the best of your observations done through prayer and devotional life, the best of the Bible through discussions at Sabbath school, and the best of the Bible through your experience with Jesus. We're using the best of the digital and best of the analog and seeing how they come together for a personal experience. Like, have you ever been in a Bible study where people are saying, like, Sunday, and who's going to read Monday, and is Joe around for two? Oh, Joe's late for Sabbath school, so we're just skip on to Wednesday. We've taken out the dates. It's not about the dates. It's about the stages of Bible study. Different props for different aspects of the Bible study experience. So the first stage of Bible study is the introduction. We're actually reading the Bible verse. It's uploading the Bible text into your own mind. second stage is the inscribe. We're actually writing it out with your own hand. You're using those handwriting skills that you learned in first grade and applying it spiritually for yourself. As I'm demonstrating writing this Bible text out, I mean, even though this is just a demonstration, I'm seeing things here that I've never seen before, and that really attests to the power of, of Scripture. The third stage is now you look at back at the text that you wrote with your hand, and now you're looking at observations, circling repetition, underlining things that you just feel are so important, or where you just know God is speaking to you in this particular context right now. So now we're actually circling all those elements of like, here I see men and women and all who can understand, men and women and all who can understand, there's repetition there. Then there's these, these really important parts that they read distinctly from the law of God. They gave the sense and they understand their reading. So it just shows you there's different principles that emerge here. We need to actually read it out loud distinctly. There is the understand the sense of it. And then there's the actual principle of understanding itself. These three things are merging from verse 8. The next stage is interpret, where now you're applying these Bible principles that you've distilled from the text and applying them to your personal life. The inspect stage looks at how Scripture interprets Scripture and looking at different parts of the Bible and how they interact with each other. The invite section is the most important. It's looking at where is Jesus in this entire passage and centering the Lord Jesus as the Lord of your life personally and also in the Bible text. At the insight stage, we look at the writings of Spirit of Prophecy from Ellen White, what she has to say about this topic. The last stage is the inquire stage, where there are discussion questions that allow you to share with your friends your observations and different reflection questions on the topic. It's definitely more intense, but this is Bible study on your own terms, at your own pace. Obviously, he trusts an audience. We're very excited to have different resources that complement the Bible study of Inverse. We have a TV show produced by Hope Channel that has young adults. And I actually host a show with different friends of mine representing from different parts of the world where we actually go through the Bible study with you. We also have a podcast that you can listen to the audio version of the talk show so that while you're running outside or working out or cleaning the house, you can join our conversation through the Bible text as well. 
The amazing part about this Bible study is that it takes Bible study from all different angles. You're reading the Bible text, you're studying the Bible text, you're writing the Bible text out. You're looking at where is Jesus in the Bible text, what the spirit of prophecy has to say about the Bible text, and then discussing it in a group of friends. But the most important thing is applying the Bible text for your own personal life. Dive deeper into the verse. That's why we are calling it Inverse. Right. You can all receive your complimentary copy at the booth where we've been giving out at Sabbath School. It'll be on Nehemiah, which is actually the last quarter. But the Nehemiah, we're taking a different angle. I know we just did Ezra and Nehemiah. We're looking at principles of leadership, how to change your local church. Maybe even your local Sabbath school. It kind of fits. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, this quarter, it's on Daniel. And not, not the prophecies of Daniel, but what character you need for the last days, especially reflected in the life of Daniel. So a lot more practical than a riff off of the adults. Thank you so much for your time. You know, stand with me. We'll have a word of prayer. We'll dismiss. And we'll see you on Saturday morning during Sabbath school. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, as we depart from this place, we ask that you smile upon us and that you bless us abundantly. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to challenge and inspire young people to take a sacrificial initiative for Christ. To download other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.